You're listening to All Over the Shop, my journey through the English language. So they've taken the English language, but they've looked at some of it and they thought, no, no, I think we need a little bit more explanation. Yeah, you guys made it so that people don't understand it. That's stupid. <laughs> That's not smart. We've made it better. In a form of gook of stentorian, sesquipedalian sentences that nobody can ever understand. Well, Ock, well, there's going to be a good wee bit of noise. N-O-I-C-E, noise. 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 I feel awful because they're speaking English, but I could not understand a single word. It was like the common one that you get stick over is the do be, they do be, he does be, and so on. Uh, good luck over there, but whatever you do, don't forget your accent, all right? Hello and welcome to the second episode of All Over the Shop, with me Alexa and Barbara Feeney. Hello, you're all very welcome, as you heard from my co-host, my good friend Alexa. It's the two of us here today. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Barb. It's an honour to be here. So yes, you've guessed it. The theme today, everyone, is voice-activated devices. Before you make any assumptions about my health, everything is fine. I know I sound like I have a cold. I do. I have a cold. I also have a chest infection. But it's not COVID. Everything is fine. I had a test. It was negative. So I've been in my room. I've been spending a lot of time with Alexa. Alexa, have you had a good time with me over the past few days? Sorry, I don't know that one. That just demonstrates why we're talking about this issue. Anyway, I want to return briefly to last week before we get involved with my co-host, Alexa. Yeah, she's there. She's she's listening, so we have to be careful. Oh, Sorry, I didn't understand. Alexa, that. Alexa, we're not ready for you yet, okay? Can you just just hold hold on a minute? Getting back to last week. I want to bring you some feedback because there's been quite a bit. I was pretty pleased. It warmed my heart that people got in touch with their stories. What really got people going, as I thought it would, was the pronunciation peeve. And there was a lot of Irish people who contacted me. And they said, Barbara, don't tire us all with the same brush. I say Thailand. Okay, fine. That's fine. But a lot of people, if you ask them what they're having for their Saturday night takeaway, they will tell you they're eating Thai. So I'll say no more. But it's fine. We don't all speak the same. And that's why I'm here. I was really astounded by a comment that came from Australia. A friend of mine who lives in Melbourne. And she told me, that her Australian housemate listened and said saying Thailand was the equivalent of saying Germany. Germany. I'm just, I'm astounded that someone would make this comparison. This is not a comparison. But there you go, that's what some people think. And the South African in question who told me I was wrong in the first place, she still maintains her position. And she says she remembers the day very well because it was such an outrageous thing for me to say. So who knew that this would create such anger and passion but it has and I also had a leash listener who got in touch to talk about how people in the Midlands pronounce their th's but more in in the middle of words so what he did was he sent me this great song that was made by a local radio station beautifully illustrates the Midlands relationship with the th sound let's hear that 
Even though it's red hanging, you say red hanging. Even though it's at loan, you say at loan. Even though it's rat downy, you say rat downy. Even though it's poor Tarrington, you say. That was called Midlands Man, created by Bernard and Keith on I one o five one o seven, which is a Midlands radio station which no longer exists. But what a beautiful song, and it's still there on YouTube if you want to listen back. Thank you to my Leash listener for bringing our attention to that. Basically, I think this feedback tells me that we here in Ireland, we have a very difficult relationship with the TH sound. You know, it's not easy. We're going to talk about it in depth another day because it requires more conversation and more investigation. But whether it's a TH at the start of a word or in the middle, or even a T at the end, which we turn into a TH, like height, height. The English would say height. It's mad. One more thing I wanted to bring you from last week's episode. Remember I was talking about my field hockey team in California and I couldn't remember for the life of me the name of the bibs we wore. There was these fancy bibs. They didn't just have the manky bibs that come out of a bag that get, never get washed and they smell eternally of sweat and cold air and someone's boot. So everyone had their own fancy bib and I couldn't remember what they called. I was like, are they a bib? Are they a vest? Are they some, you know, fusion of that? Anyway, my old teammate, she got in touch and she reminded me that they are called pennies. The girls on my team call them pennies. For some reason, obviously, the the meaning got lost. It actually means penny. A penny, like a pinafore. So like it sort of makes sense, but not really. It's just like the way Americans don't have A4 paper which I just, I can't get my head around. They think that this vest that you wear is a pinafore, but a pinafore usually has to have buttons on it. Again, we're going to go into clothes another day because that's another kettle of fish. And I just want you to remember before I move on, I'm not a professor of linguistics. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. It's a real shame. But at least the stories are good. I find it hard to understand Irish accents. I wanted to talk about this because initially when we we first met, I had to change my accent. And I do love voice activated devices. I know some people don't because they think Russians are listening, but they're so handy. And I, I love radio. And I mean, with Alexa, it's not just like an FM radio where you can tune in, have a bit of long wave, short wave, FM, whatever you want. I can listen to radio stations in London and Zimbabwe and Atlanta and I love that. So we're good friends. But I did have to start speaking in an American accent. So I would come home, come into my room or in the morning I would say, Alexa, play RTE Radio 1. And she would not understand what I was saying. She would play something else. So then I just started speaking American. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd say, Alexa, good morning, play RTE Radio 1. And she would get it. It was just so much easier. So I've just continued that way, always speaking American. And I often wondered if people could hear me, what they thought. Anyway, I actually only discovered during the week that I didn't need to do this any longer. But I thought that was there's an interesting evolution there. I had to start with the American accent. And then obviously over time, she got better at understanding my accents. There still is one thing, though. Nine times out of ten, when I ask her to turn down the volume, she will put the volume to max volume. But listen... Most of the time we get on, she understands me. Things have gotten better. But there's some research that actually tells us that it's a real issue for Irish people. We're not going to dwell on the sample size or whether or not this was good research because it gave us some interesting results. 
and that's all I care about. What was most shocking from the research was the Irish accent was ranked as harder to understand than the Manchester and the London accent. And the Belfast accent was ranked among the top five hardest to comprehend. The hardest to understand was the Cardiff accent. And after that was Glasgow. I just think that the Irish accent is sometimes a bit neglected. It's harder to understand because, I don't know, maybe these big companies don't put in the the proper research and don't tell Alexa how we speak. It upsets me a little bit that I always have to listen to this English woman telling me how to go places. I don't want to listen to her all the time. And she always pronounces things wrong. So I went into my Google Maps settings today to see if I could change the accent. And I was a bit put out to find that there was five versions of English you could choose, but Irish was not amongst them. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to an Irish voice guiding you through the traffic? I think that would be really calming. The English one kind of puts me on edge. So I thought I'd try them out. What were the different ones? So the different versions of English accent you can choose from are an American speaking English, an English person speaking English, an Australian, a Nigerian, or an Indian. My favourite was the Indian. Let's just go on a journey for a minute. Some are far away. Head northwest, then turn right. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't you feel calm with that in the car? I did think I'd want the Australian accent just to escape from this five kilometre zone I'm living my life in at the moment. I thought maybe I could escape somewhere in the outback. But I found that the Australian accent was it was terrible. It wasn't an Australian accent. They clearly used the same English person to do the voiceover. And some of the words she said were not in an Australian accent. So I've taken issue with that. And I've put the Google Maps onto Indian. And I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. But I would like to see um, Google Maps adding in an Irish accent. I think it would be really nice and inclusive. So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole doing research for today's show and I decided to see what apps were out there to test your accent and what other kind of voice apps were out there. It was an interesting rabbit hole. So one of the most intriguing ones I came across, actually really impressive. So it's from a research team at the University of Cambridge, their Department of Theoretical and Applied Linguistics. I know I said this wasn't an academic podcast. But just bear with me for a minute. So the app is called English Dialects. You download it, you go in and they quiz you. And you have to choose what you deem to be the correct pronunciation for all sorts of common English words. And then the purpose of the whole thing is for these researchers to collect your data and to basically enhance their knowledge of like how English is spoken. But it's gas. It's like, just forget about the the academic side of it all. So this is one of my favorite questions in the quiz how do you pronounce the first vowel in five they've given us seven options there are seven ways to say five apparently that these academics have found so is it a five b five c five d five e five f five or g five I'd have to say my favourite is F. Fav. Fav. I'd probably say C. Five. So you do the whole quiz. There's all sorts of questions and you have to listen to these different variations of words and choose what you would say. 
and then at the end it calculates where you grew up based on your answers wait for it the app guessed I grew up in one of three places either Athlone Connemara or Nace yes that's all right I profusely apologise to the people of Athlone, Connemara and Nace. I'm sorry that my accent was associated with where you are from. But it was quite, quite impressive. I thought because it was a British app, they would just ignore Ireland. But they didn't. Like on the BBC when they're doing the weather and they just put their arse in front of Dublin and forget that we're there. Anyway, another app I found, there's probably loads of these. It was called Speedometer. So it lets you practice your pronunciation to see if you're right. So obviously this is for people who are learning English as a foreign language. So I'm not the right subject to be using this. But I still wanted to test it to see if they deemed my English good enough. And I will tell you that they didn't. I didn't score 100% on all of the quizzes. My favourite quiz was one where you had to pronounce the most commonly mispronounced words. This wasn't a free app, actually. I got a trial. Um, You go in, there's a small gauge that goes from red to amber to green. Obviously, green means your perfect pronunciation. Let me go through them with you. First one. So you listen to them. Onion. And I repeat. Onion. Excellent. Okay. Ethel. Ethel. They didn't like the Ethel. Again, another word with a TH. They obviously just don't know how Irish people speak. Ethel, for God's sake. Next one. Paradigm. 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 It's not paradigm, it's paradigm. Okay, I did a couple of these questions when you weren't listening and I got 78%. Outrageous stuff. Won't be paying for that app. Okay, there was one more app that I spotted in the app store. It was called Get Rid of Your Accent. It cost €18.99. So there was just no way that I was buying this. Even for your entertainment. That's madness. Obviously this is targeted at people learning English as a foreign language again. But what's wrong with having an accent? So I just looked into it a bit more because I was intrigued. Wait till you hear the blurb. The lessons cover all English sounds needed to master received pronunciation neutral accent of educated southern English and the chief accent taught to foreigners who wish to learn the British model. A neutral accent of educated southern English. Again, I'm outraged. I'm just eternally outraged today. They need to invent an app that teaches people English in other accents. I want to hear Cork. I want to hear Skyser accent. I want to hear Cavan accent. This is outrageous. Not everyone wants to speak in an educated southern English accent. Ah, it's the pits. I just wanted to bring it to your attention because I just, I want to highlight the injustices that exist in our world. Yes, that's right. It's time for the final part of the show and for our special features, Word of the Podcast and the Pronunciation Peeve. So Word of the Podcast is a particular type of word and a word type that's special to me, one that I really like. So today I'm bringing you a portmanteau. A portmanteau, you ask, what is it? 
It is a fusion word. It's a word whose form and meaning is derived from blending of two or more words. And that word is shumper. A jumper with a shirt collar attached to make it appear one is wearing a shirt beneath. Yeah, you probably thought that it was a fake word, but it's not. It's in the dictionary. Like its many portmanteau cousins, it's a really special word. Like spork or chocoholic or smog, rom-com, motel. There you go. That is today's word of the podcast, another portmanteau. for the part of the show that attracts the most heat and anger and feedback the pronunciation peeve so today I'm actually going to do two listen it's my show I can decide if I want to do one two three today it's two so the first word that I want to know about the pronunciation I'm not going to say it yet I'm first going to ask does the following word rhyme with gone or bone Can you guess what it is? Yes, it's scone. Some say scone. Or is it scone? Well, I'll have you know that in 2016 there was a YouGov poll conducted across the UK and the Republic of Ireland to geographically locate the different pronunciations. According to the survey, in Scotland and Ulster, they would say scone. While people in the south of England, Wales and the Republic of Ireland would say scone. That hasn't answered my question. Okay, how do we settle this? Well, I looked into it. Some articles suggest that how you pronounce scone is dependent on how posh you are. And I agree, I always thought the English pronunciation of scone was really posh. But we need further evidence. So apparently the Scots, they're widely credited with inventing the scone. Okay, we're not going to go into it because it's lengthy. It's something to do with Virgil's Aeneid and the translation by Scott. Okay, but that's not enough. I think we need to get the answer from the British baking queen. How does she pronounce it? Mary Berry. So for um, scones, you need eight ounces of self-raising flour. So there you have it. Apparently, it's a scone. And Mary Berry is from Bath, which is in the south of England. And that goes against the research relating to her dialect. They said that if she's from the south of England, she should say scone. But no, she says scone. So apparently posh people in England say scone. I say scone. What do you say? Get in touch. The second pronunciation peeve. This has been on my mind for quite a while. And it's been, it's been eating away at me since I lived in London a couple of years ago. I first heard the word when I was there. I probably heard it on TV before, but I heard it a lot when I was living there. And I was really baffled really just I couldn't understand it and that word is controversy so in England they say controversy where's the second door gone the English have turned the last part of the word into vossy controversy we here in Ireland are reading it for what it is controversy and I mean you say controversial you don't say controversial I'm not even confused here. I just wanted to put it out there. I want I want to know what's going on. So, as I said, get in touch. Tell me what you think. On Twitter, Barbara Alfini or on Instagram, Babs Feeney. And if you have a story or 
an issue that you want to bring up with me let me know as well okay one more thing before we go I know I always have something else to say but we're in grim times we all need diversions so this week I'm bringing you some suggested watching to Vanity Fair do these gas slang videos with celebrities on YouTube so they have people like Jamie Dornan Niall Horan loads of other famous people and they get them to explain and describe slang from their native countries if you want a diversion from the shambles of a world we're living in this is a rabbit hole you will enjoy getting lost in so that's it for today thank you so much for listening and sticking with me and please get in touch and keep listening and I suppose I I now have to say this subscribe and review and rate and tell your friends thanks again bye bye